Nah, this was really cool. And I think that the information you gave is so valuable uh, to so many people. Because I think even in different ranges, even me, I was sitting here, I was like, mm, this is really good. I needed to hear this. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is like a perfect place to start. So give us a little bit of introduction. Who are you and what do you do? Sure. I am Nihan Sheik. I am a senior brand manager at PepsiCo. Been at PepsiCo for almost five years now in various different roles. Um, currently, I'm on Lipton, working on their new 2021 campaign. Previously, I was on Mountain Dew, working on brand innovation, lots of different stuff. Um, outside of that, I am a true New Yorker through and through, currently living in Pound Ridge and in, in Westchester. Um, but yeah, that's me. I'm really excited to get into more details of what you do and, and talk about all the cool projects that you've done. Yeah. Um, but before we get into the, the nitty gritty of it, we I want to know, like, was being a doctor or any of the other traditional careers, a lawyer, engineer, was that ever part of your journey growing up? Was it something that your parents pressured you or talked to you about? Hell yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> all of the above, all of the above. Being a doctor was actually part of the plan until I was probably in high school, actually. I um, a bit more detail about me. I am the first daughter of my family. I have an older brother and two younger sisters. And I think being the first daughter and being just like super studious, it's just kind of thought. It's like an yeah. unsaid rule that you are going to be the doctor of the family. And, you know, I think for some reason it, it was just kind of the, it was known. Um, and, and I was okay with it. I think there's something very romantic and, and, and sexy about saving people's lives yeah. and um, kind of going through that journey. And plus the associated paycheck uh, <laughs> with that, I think was always something that our parents probably were like, okay, this is how you get to the next level in life is having this like amazing career plus an amazing paycheck. Um but I think the thing that changed for me was when I was a sophomore in high school, my grandmother actually got very ill and she had cancer. And so she was just going through the phases of, of dying. And through one summer, she was just in the hospital. And I think because everyone in my family, you know, had their jobs, had everything going around, going on with, with young kids, I was kind of the teenager that was with her the entire time. And just seeing her deteriorate in the hospital and um, seeing everything that went on around oncology just was that triggering point for me that I, I had made the decision that that wasn't my future. Mm -hmm. um, so it was, you know, it was, it was traumatic for the whole family, but for me, it, it had a big impact on my career and, and what I chose after that. So, you know, I, I made that decision, but after that, I, I wasn't really sure. I think what I went to next was just based off of what I was good at at school, which was math. I was the the president of the math club. I was. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> yes. Fun fact. Um, and I just, I think I was good at economics. I was good at math and like science was okay for me, but not, not fun. Um, so from there, I kind of just <clears throat> fell into finance, I guess, was going to be the choice that I made. Yeah. 
Um, there wasn't a whole lot of pressure to explore engineering or being a lawyer, but it was just always um, known that you want to aspire to have this formal corporate, not even corporate, formal job that was going to, you know, get you to that next level in life. Because yeah. that, that's what our parents wanted at the end of the day was just to get, you know, establish a great foundation for us so that we can be better than them. Yeah. Um, and so I decided that I was going to major in finance in college um, and wound up graduating in 2009, which was probably a bad time to be graduating <laughs> um, during a recession with a finance degree. And I thought I wanted to be an investment banker. Um, and from there, it just like, I kind of fell around different careers. I um, at one point thought I wanted to be a professor. At one point I took the LSAT, wanted to be a lawyer. Yeah. Um, and I just was trying to figure out what was right for me. And my parents were really supportive of it through the whole, whole process. They like paid for my um, LSAT training and all of that. Uh, but I, nothing really stuck. Nothing really spoke to me until I started working in marketing. And that's where this career wound up. That's a really cool, interesting way your journey got to where you are. And even in the start where you were talking about your grandma, it's funny because a lot of times that you you hear that story in people's uh, applications because that's what triggered them to become doctor yeah. or wanted to be a doctor. But you had the exact opposite effect of that. And that makes a lot of sense. There are people like once you're in the hospital for a while, either you like being there or you like what you see or you really dislike it. Uh, and I think a lot of people have that negative reaction. So it's cool that you, not cool, sorry, not according to the circumstances, but it's interesting that you were able to do that so young and it didn't happen until when you got to college or something because then it might've been too late. And I didn't know that you actually bounced around so much after college uh, till you got to marketing because, you know, going from from math, like being in the math club <laughs> to going to marketing is like so different, right? Yeah. Uh, I think it's like so much more people, do. I maybe it's, because I don't know much about it. So maybe there is an intersection where they both come together, where a lot mm -hmm. of your skills plus these creativity come together. So I would love to know more about like what uh, you do now and like, or what you were doing prior to, because I don't know how long you've been in your current role, but I, yeah. I, I want to know more about your journey at Pepsi because sure. that's where you've been, right? For most of your career. Yeah, yeah. So I, um, I guess kind of starting from like, post-college to how I landed in my career. And I'll get yeah. into more detail about like what I do now. Um, so after college, when I realized finance wasn't my calling, because I had interned in a bunch of different banks and hedge funds. And again, that didn't stick for me either. Um, I talked to people about becoming a professor in management and getting my PhD I talked to people about law school and becoming a lawyer, and that just required a whole bunch of reading that I wasn't really interested in. <laughs> um, Airplane. But I fell into marketing because of a friend of a friend who worked at a market research company, which was kind of a unique marriage of my skill sets. Um, and just my interest in creativity. Cause I, at one point I also worked at a music studio thinking I wanted to work in mm. the music industry. So um, I was really just dipping my toes in a lot of different things, trying to figure out what was really my career. 
Um, and bless my parents, they were like driving me to the bus stops and taking me to like places. They they were very supportive, and it was a, a really transitional period for myself personally, but also for yeah. my family when all of this was happening. So they were, you know, they were very supportive of me just trying to figure out what was right. Um, so marketing itself, I I think going to or go, having a major in finance also comes with just courses on management, how to work in a corporate setting, strategy and, and strategic thinking. When, what I realized working in marketing was that there was an opportunity for me to kind of flex my fun and creative muscle, but also mm, take yeah. those skill sets and apply them to building brands, building creative. Um, so I worked at this market research company, which had, which is more on the analytical side. It was about um, you know, understanding people's perceptions on corporate brands. So it was a lot mm -hmm. of surveying consumers, data crunching, telling a story, providing recommendations on what a, a company like General Mills should be doing. Um, and so it, it, it was my gateway into the world of marketing. Um, and then I actually worked for an ad agency after that, which was really the first time I got to work with creatives and creative people. And I realized like, this is what gives me life. This is what gives me energy. Oh. Just seeing, working with creative people, uh, um, kind of balancing that, <clears throat> the account side, which is kind of like managing people, managing yeah. change, but also um, seeing something come to life. Like you work with creative people and they come up with, a TV ad, digital banners, fun things like yeah. that. Um, and then from there, I decided kind of seeing more of that world um, that I wanted to be a brand manager. And I went back to grad school um, and then landed my internship at PepsiCo. And I've been at PepsiCo for four or five years. Um, so more about PepsiCo and what I do there. So I, I'm a senior brand manager, been at PepsiCo for a while now, my first gig was interning on their food service um, team, which is all around, you know, where our products come come to consumers in restaurants, in convenience stores, um, and I got a, a really awesome chance to work on Slurpees. Um, which <laughs> I was I was hoping I was hoping you get into that because that's okay. one of my favorite things ever. <laughs> So 7-Eleven is one of our customers and my project for the summer was around creating frozen beverages. And we, my recommendation was to, to launch a Skittles flavored Slurpee for 7-Eleven. And a few years later, or like even just a year later, it was in market. And I remember you sending me a yes. picture when you saw it. <laughs> Um, so, you know, I, I didn't even know that side of marketing, to be honest. Yeah. With you. I had no idea what food service was. I didn't know that we as PepsiCo provide, you know, the syrup and the, you know, the branding for these like funnels that you see at, yeah. at convenience and gas, gas uh, stations. So it, it was cool to see that side of the business and, and they gave me an offer to come back. And, and from there, I've been in a couple of different roles. My first role was in, in digital marketing and kind of how do we create digital ads that are working for us effectively and also are fun and creative. Um, got to work a lot with uh, companies like Facebook and Google and their creative team and make in just improving our digital ads. 
Um, and then I worked on the Mountain Dew team, which was, you know, one of my favorite gigs. And I think <laughs> will always be one of my favorite gigs. Um, I launched a bunch of innovations. So I, you know, as a brand manager, you work on, you know, speaking to the consumer, identifying opportunities to, you know, increase buy rate of Mountain Dew or yeah. create new, new, um, new products that they, they're, they're going to love. And I launched Mountain Dew Zero Sugar last year. So if you're listening- Oh, you did that? Yes, yes. Um, So if you're listening, please pick up a a Dew Zero Sugar. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, it's funny because Fatma's brother Bilal, he always has it at his place. Really? Well, he's- He's a lucky man because that's a, <laughs> an awesome product um, that we created just for him. <laughs> that's so cool. Uh-huh. Um, so it was doing work like that and seeing, you know, an opportunity with the consumer, um, you know, with Mountain Dew, you know, your consumer base is getting a little bit older. They're looking for a little bit of a, a healthier product. And and Dew Zero Sugar was the response to that. and. Um, we got to launch a Super Bowl ad last year. Um, just really excited to have that kind of be a part of my legacy. And uh, worked on a bunch of different things too. Like I, I worked on um, uh, an exclusive for Dollar General. It's called Maui Burst, which is a pineapple flavored <laughs> yeah. um, Mountain Dew. So that's another one of my favorites, but a lot of cool projects while I worked on the team. And now I'm working on Lipton. And so Lipton is a uh, joint venture between PepsiCo and Unilever. And we um, manage the bottle and can business. Um, and so I've kind of been in strategy land right now, just thinking about the consumer and, and what yeah. they're looking for from a you know new campaign. Um, so more to come next summer on what that'll look like, but it's, it's been a fun journey. I really love my job. And I, after kind of trying on so many different slippers and, um, I, I fell into a career that I really loved and I can definitely see myself at PepsiCo for the long haul and um, definitely in the marketing industry for forever. So there's so many things about your story that I really love. And I'm glad that this is why I really wanted you to be on it too. Um, and this is, I didn't know that you bounced around so much before. And I think that's really important to hear for a lot of people because we have a tendency to see people where they're at now and we don't understand the journey, right? Because then a lot of times people, when they're struggling or when they are trying to figure it out, you try to beat yourself up over it because you're like, oh, you know, everybody else has it figured out. Like, why why can't I figure out or why am I struggling? But it's really cool to see that you actually did have so many different avenues you explored once you left college and how you ended up somewhere that you weren't even looking for and where that took you. So I think that part of it's really important. And I think people should really understand that. And I personally believe that your, your like early twenties, even mid twenties should be all about exploration because this idea that we're supposed to be responsible for picking our career when we're entering college, when you're like 17 years old is insane or having an understanding of what you want to do with your life is insane. So if you do come out and you still don't know, I like, that's the advice I'll give to the Kais, my son, like, you explore as much as you want, right? Try everything out. I'm glad that that's was your part of your journey. And then after that, there's so many cool things that I'd <laughs> like to point out, right? The fact that, uh, that there's someone like you are the person who helped bring those products to life and you walk into a 7-Eleven and you look at that like, oh shit, like 
she did this. Like, yeah. I think that's so cool. Cause we don't, a lot of times I have never connected to products like that because I never imagined, you know, people who look like me or, you know, who sound like me or, you know, that they're behind stuff like that. So I think that's why like having you on, it's so exciting. So people can see like, yo, you're the person who's helping make these things happen. And people should know that this career exists out there. Like if I was a kid and someone told me that, Hey, you could be part of the person who's deciding slurry flavors. That might've been <laughs> enough. That might've been enough to push me towards that career. Uh, yeah. I had no idea this was out there. I mean, growing up, right. I, I feel like there's a couple of paths that are put in front of us, doctor, lawyer, yeah. engineer, and even finance, I guess in my case, but um, you know, if, if, same. If I had known that I could be doing this, I probably would have picked it sooner. And and to be honest with you, there was I marketing was a major for me in college, but yeah. in my mind, I kind of scoffed at it. I was like, I don't know, like I want to be making more money and I want to yeah. do this, that, and the other. And that's kind of how I wound up. I look back and in, into my finance courses and I just absolutely hated them, but I still just stuck with it and kept going, yeah. just thinking that this was the right choice for me. Um, it's funny. I, I have this very vivid memory of talking to one of my college friends being like, oh, I'm going to like work at city group for this internship. And they're like, oh, wow. Like, really? Like, I can't imagine you kind of pegged as like the yeah. investment banker type. Like, that's not you. That's not your personality. I was like, okay, well, that's what I'm choosing. So <laughs> my business, <laughs> um, but you know, I think like it's, it was just always in me and I needed to figure it out and find that right field where I was had a good work-life balance was making how much like what how much money I want to like yeah. make me feel comfortable and and doing something that I love and that's like yeah. kind of like the combination that I I landed with that I'm I'm really happy that my journey took me in this in this way. Yeah. And it's good for people to see that that does exist. Like it might not be what you think it is. Right. But if you explore, if you try to like go outside your comfort zone, you might find that perfect marriage of having, making the money that you want, but also doing something that you really love. Um, do you, do, so you, cause you're talking about all these careers that you did. Did you have something in your mind when you were a kid that you wanted to be like, have you, do you remember that? Yeah. I mean, I think I, I always wanted to be a doctor actually oh, like that. Yeah. <laughs> that was always just like a part of my journey. And I don't know whether it was just something that was told to me at a young age, like yeah. oh, you're, you're book smart, like you're good at science, yeah. whatever, like that, that's what your destiny is. But no, like, I, I think that's what my journey always um, kind of directed me towards. I think at some point in college, I, did pivot to think that I wanted to work in artist management and work in the music industry. Yeah. That was one of my aspirations while I was in college. Like that would have been my ideal gig. But I remember I, I interviewed for a couple of jobs at, at Sony and um, a few other places, but just the vibe there was not right. And it didn't work out for me actually. And I'm kind of glad that it, it didn't because yeah. I think for the long term, this is probably, or at least I hope, <laughs> is a better place for me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, like the music industry was always something that I was really gravitating towards as you know a teenager. But like, I feel like teenagers just love music. Yeah. I think it's interesting that you said like the vibe there wasn't the right because I do feel like there's certain industries that seem very appealing from the outside, mm -hmm. and even stuff that we do. Right. There's a lot of things that seem very exciting and beautiful yeah. but like it, we always talk about nothing is as sexy as you think it is and normally if you see something 
uh, what you're seeing is a final product of a lot of shit that's going on in the background. And it's not always as pleasant or as beautiful as you might think it is. So I think that is interesting that that also spills into the music industry. And we've seen it too. It's just not as always as sexy, but it is not, you know, music is always nice. Yeah, totally. I mean, that's the thing. It's just like, even the grind that goes into some of yeah. the work that I do, it just like, sometimes I'm like, oh God, like this is, this is a lot, <laughs> a lot yeah. to take on. But I think something that my career has really um, allowed me to get gratification from is seeing what you, what, what you said, seeing my products out there. Yeah seeing my campaigns out there, being able to send my mom things that I've worked on and be like, I did this is yeah. just like a next level of satisfaction that, um, you know, that she's proud of, about too. just, you know, sending her, her coworkers and people she knows that this is what Neha worked on, like, check it out. So it's just that that gives me a lot of happiness too. Yeah, it's so true. Cause that is like the ultimate way for like a, when your parents start like bragging or sharing anything that you do, you know that you may, you may, especially <laughs> yeah. if, you, if you go, if you, if you went, you know, away from the path that they NFC might have wanted you to do, even though you said your parents were supportive of you from, from the get go, which is really sweet, but it is like the ultimate thing. Like, oh shit, I think I finally did it. When your parents start sharing or talking about what you do to other people, it's really, really right. sweet. Oh gosh, it gives me like the warm and fuzzies for sure. And when my mom's like, I'm proud of you, because it's not a part of our culture to say things like it's that, not, you know? Not at and all. It, <laughs> so it's like when she does like, and I think like that's where the, her pride comes is like bragging to her friends and coworkers and people like that. When she tells me those sort of things, like that makes me happy. <laughs> yeah, it's cool as hell. Aside from like I, we understand, like I understand that there was a lot of struggle getting to where you are. Yeah. Um, but if you were, if someone wanted to follow in your footsteps and with the knowledge that you know now, how would you recommend they they go? Like, what path do you recommend they should do now? Mm-hmm. Um, since you went through a lot, of, so you know um, where you are now and how you got there. How would you tell someone else to do it? Um, you know, with marketing, I think there's traditional ways to get to my career path. And then there's untraditional ways to get to my career path. Right. I think the traditional way is, and I think this has been the case for a lot of brand manager roles is like, go to business school, go to grad school, get your MBA and then apply to these jobs. And, you know, for a lot of us as brand managers, that has been the case. Um, But I do think when it comes to how the industry is evolving and emerging, there's different ways to to get your foot in the door, whether that's working at an ad agency, working at a media agency, even working from a creative perspective. I work with a bunch of people that were former copywriters, um, former art directors that transitioned over to the business side of things just Mm -hmm. based off of their ability to network and um, talk to the right people. I will emphasize the importance of, of networking. Uh, I think this industry in particular is very much based off of, you know, who, you know, where you can get your foot in the door and, um, you know, but also having the chops to go with it, whether that's previous experience, um, working in the creative space or an ad agency, I think just, just make sure you're trying to talk to the right people and learn from them as well, whether that be informational interviews or just having coffee chats, things like that, that, that type of stuff is, is really important. And I think 
even now in this day and age, having your personal brand up to snuff is really key, whether that be yeah. like keeping your LinkedIn page maintained, having your own website. Um, I, I've managed a, a bunch of people that have their own podcast. I think Gen Z is on another level. Like I don't think yeah. I could ever compare <laughs> with their personal branding. Um, but those are the types of things that I would advise people to, um, to do. And, you know, even I'll put it out there. If anyone is interesting, interested in learning more about marketing, I'm always happy to talk and chat. I think it's always good to pay it forward. You know, if people are looking for a career in, in your industry, I'm always happy to, to talk. What's the best way for them to get in touch with you? What, what way do you prefer? Um, anyway, I think I actually do check my LinkedIn messages and if yeah. there are people that I know via connections, I'm always willing to chat. Uh, outside of that, I think, you know, email, phone, all that. Yeah. I think it's just, you know, trying to get to the right person to, to get to me, I think is probably the best way. Yeah. Not because sometimes people are probably like, I know some people say like, yo, only hit me up in the DMs or people say only email me because, you know, you might have a lot going on and then things like slip through the cracks. So I think people, that's why it's, it's always good to know what you prefer, but you are very open. You say, yo, any way you can get in touch with me, just do it. Yeah. Yeah. I, there's, I get so much happiness and um, joy out of what I do when I can actually help. Yeah. Uh, I think even with the people that I manage, the people that are just coming into PepsiCo, I really try to go out of my way to make sure that they have me as someone to talk to and just yeah. to, to vent, to ask questions, to give advice. I'm always open to that. So any way I can help, I think that that gives me energy and that gives me pride in, in what I do. I think it's just being an older sister. It's just in, ingrained in me that you're always yeah. trying to help help other people kind of go along their journey as, as best as you can. Because I've, I've gone through it. I've fallen and I've picked back up. And I think being resilient and, and uh, trying to get to the next thing is always yeah. important. I think that's super sweet. And I think it's much needed. Do you, When you got to marketing, was there any specific challenges that you face or was there something that like really I'm trying to think of how to phrase it but yeah so, so was there any once you got to marketing um did you face any specific challenges that you can share that I think people can learn from well you know what's funny we, we were just talking about this being shy so I mm. I was always on the shyer side going up growing up and uh I think I definitely came out of my shell when I was in high school and yeah, college yeah. and just got to be the real me and I got to know myself at a, another level. But I do think there's something inside of me that's always that shy person a little bit. And I think the thing that I had to overcome, especially when I was in the agency world, is using my voice and knowing that my opinion matters and knowing that what I'm going to say during these client presentations, these meetings um, is valuable. And I think it's just a level of confidence in what you're doing and having the experience that allowed me to just free my voice and speak up in those conversations. I think now I have no problem with speaking my opinion in those, <laughs> those settings, yeah. um, probably too much sometimes. But I think that that was a big part of me com coming into the marketing world was just knowing that my opinion mattered and my my point of view was important. 
that that's such great it's such a great point to hit because I also feel like you know being brown there's a lot of times in your household you're not you're not oh, yeah. heard so when you get to that point you're just so um conditioned to think that way that you don't really say things in a lot of places so that's really important to to, to hear to you know your voice does matter your opinion matters and if you're in that room there's a reason why you're in that room totally totally and it's it's ingrained in me sometimes where it's just like even with senior executives, when you're in front of like the CMO, you're just like, oh, am I going to say the right thing? Should I hold my tongue? Like that dialogue still happens in my mind. Yeah. But now more often than not, I'm just like, fuck it. I'm just going to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's how it should be. But that's great. Um, and and keep uh, on keeping on the same note, do you have any advice that you would give either your younger self or someone who's like 15 years old or younger watching this? Like, what would you tell them? Oh gosh. Um, I think just letting my younger self know that it's okay to not have everything figured out at an early point in your career, because exactly what you were saying before, it was, you know, it's okay to not know what your destiny is going to be and you will figure it out. Keep trying. And it's going to, it's going to click one day. Um, But you have to go through these steps to to get to where you need to be. And it's going to be great once you get there. That's perfect. (laughs) All right. The last, and I think the most important question, which is (laughs) what is your favorite pizza spot? (laughs) All right. So I was thinking about this. So for a grandma slice, I don't know if you've been to Mama's Two in the Upper West Side. No, it is delicious. Um, next level, like the most flaky, crusty, like Ooh. outer shell. Um, oh my god, it's making me hungry just thinking about it. But then I was thinking about like my like favorite New York like regular slice, yeah. and I just I couldn't. There's just so many out there. Like I like going to NYU. I am partial to raise because that's just like what it yeah. is um but it's hard to pick it's hard to pick what's your favorite slice I, that, I was gonna tell you that's out. that's such a great answer because that like when people ask me that I have the same problem because it matters on so many things to me like it matters on what yeah. I'm in the mood for what time of day it is you know exactly. where what physically where am I like all of those things matter so I love that answer I love the fact that you know that's what it is there's so many and it just depends on where you are what you're doing and what you're in the mood for I know because like even growing up I had my like neighborhood spot that yeah, was yeah. always like you know this is like our Friday night routine was this place called Catchatories if you're in Rockland County in New City that's where you got, gotta go and it's really funny you're gonna laugh my sisters and I have this like weird combination that we really enjoyed we would there would be a sushi spot down the street from yeah. there and so we would pick up like a spicy salmon roll and have it with pizza Ooh. and it sounds like it was so weird but I'm telling <laughs> you like that combination because you're always hungry after sushi like it it'll yeah. throw you up for like just a second yeah. But then the pizza combination. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. I'm all for it. I like, because I, there's a couple of things that I eat too that sound weird, but the combination is great. So I am definitely going to try this. I'm going to get some spicy tuna and then I'm going to get pizza and I'm going to try it out. And you're right. When you eat sushi, you get you get hungry so quickly and pizza solves that problem. I, I'm telling you, sushi and pizza, that's where it's at. That's so cool. Oh, all right. God. Well, <laughs> 
I want to thank you so much for doing yeah. this. And this, like, I, I, I knew this was going to be a fun and very interesting and cool um, experience, but this was, this was way cooler than I thought it was going to well, be. Thank you for and, having me. And thank you for allowing me to have my podcast debut on your podcast. <laughs> so I appreciate it. And if anyone's listening or watching and wants to reach out, feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn and send me a message and I'd be happy to chat, provide any advice. Thank you so much. And okay. I will talk to you really soon. Talk to you soon. Bye.